got a real good feeling. You're listening to the Coffee and Crypto Podcast with Crypto Jeb, bringing you the best and most updated news about cryptocurrency. Tune in every morning at 9.30 a.m. Eastern to watch this podcast live on our YouTube channel. Hey guys, what's going on? Jeb here. And in today's video, we're going to be talking about not only some Bitcoin technical analysis, we're also going to be bringing you some Bitcoin fundamental analysis because quite a lot has happened over just the last seven days in Bitcoin. In fact, we have some big stories to talk about today. Number one, Tesla may well be accepting Bitcoin sooner rather than later again. Number two, a major South Korean pension fund is going to be investing in Bitcoin. And three, the Bitcoin ETF did more trading volume in two days than the Canadian Bitcoin ETF has ever done in its entire history. We have a lot to talk about on today's show, a lot of technical analysis to break into. We literally have like 50 points over here in our notes over here on my iPad. We have quite a lot to talk about. It's going to be a great show. Before you walk away from this show, you're going to have a much better understanding of where Bitcoin is, where Bitcoin's going. So make sure to hit that like button if you like the video. I'm joined as always by my co-host, T.A. Tim. How you doing, Tim? I'm doing good. I was telling the guys off screen, I, I don't know what's going on in my video right now uh like there's like you know like when you're outside and you see like like the sun or you're just like out in the waves and you come back inside and you have, your vision has waves to it so i might need to talk to a like a what's that doctor for eyes called again Optom uh, optometrist optometrist an, an eye doctor, it's an eye doctor. I, I can like i'm like trying to read chat and i'm like oh no, my it's gosh. not an eye doctor it's a glass doctor this we're also is, joined as always by smay how you doing smay hello everybody i'm very good i have to shout out people do um, it i would love to start by shouting out none other than christopher mcfarlane Woo! Alexandre Inacio. Let's go. And Neil Melker. Thank you so much for being members. We love you, our members. We Shout love out you. to all of our members. If you want to join the membership program, you can go ahead and hit that join button right below. Guys, we got a lot to talk about in today's show. But Tim, are we doing our price predictions right now or at the end of the show? Uh, we're doing at the end of the show. Right I also the love the, the chat because there's people commenting. This chat might be more dangerous than like looking up like a medical Wikipedia because some people are like you might have a retinal detachment. That would be an extreme Ooh, oh gosh uh, problem. Oh, I'm pretty sure detachment. I just rubbed my eyes too hard and I just have some fuzzy <laughs> that would vision. be that'd be really bad. By this, the way, this is like when you look up on like uh, was it WebMD? WebMD. Like, oh, I have pain in this. Oh, you might have cancer. cancer. I have like, cancer. Oh gosh. Oh gosh. <laughs> uh, imagine no. Tim just goes blind. Oh my. Oh, that would be horrible. Let's no. not imagine that. That's no. terrible, guys. I have a little funny story to tell you. Yesterday I was at the gym and I was benching and a fellow named Max walked up to me. He's like, are you, are you, I was like, Hey, what's up? He's like, are you Jeb? I'm like, yeah, I'm Jeb. What's good? And he's like, I watched the show, man. I got recognized again. That's like the third time now. And actually Smay, yeah, I got, you got recognized yesterday, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, I did. I got recognized yesterday while, uh, well, should I say what I was doing? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you kind of just alluded to something, and now you kind of have okay, to Okay, yeah. <laughs> I, I got recognized while I was taking my trash out, so shout out to Travis, baby. Shout, shout out, out to Travis. Travis. Uh, shout out to Max, who recognized me yesterday, and Travis, who recognized Smay the day before yesterday. I guess we're growing. That's a sign that you should hit that subscribe button, because we're about to hit 200K subs. Guys, before we get started, I do want to let you know that today's video and today's show is brought to you by none other than Lux Algo. It is the indicator that you're going to see us using quite a bit in today's live stream. It's phenomenal. We're looking at about a dozen different technical to, uh, chart formations and indicators coming up from it. If you want to sign up for Lux Algo after you see it in use today, you can do so with the link in the description box down below. Use coupon code JEB, J-E-B-B, for 20% off. We've had literally thousands of people sign up for Lux Algo, and they are loving it. Drop a one in chat if you have gotten Lux Algo and you are enjoying it. But let's go ahead and jump onto my screen. 
and do some TA. Guys, we have a lot to talk about. Our first segment here is going to be the bullish. Our second segment, which will be coming up at the top of the hour, is going to be our bearish. And then our third segment, we're going to go into some discussion and talk about the state of the market. So get ready. We're going to have a lot of fun today. The very first thing I want to show you out here on the daily chart is a little bit of a rundown on where Bitcoin is. Remember to about the 29th of September, almost a month ago, Bitcoin started this rally, rallied $26,000, 62% in the span of just three weeks. Over the last 10 days, Bitcoin has been trading sideways here, and this is actually a very, very important thing. Bitcoin needed to trade sideways here because it had rallied so far so quickly and it needed to kind of consolidate. It needed to pump the brakes a little bit. It needed to cool off. It's still very bullish in the medium term, but in the short term, it definitely needed some sideways movement. Looking here at the daily chart, there is one trend line that I want to show you that really stands out to me above all the rest. And that is this one right here. This blue line right here is constituted by several highs back over here in May and also in June on Bitcoin and then two highs here on the 23rd of August and again here on the 6th or 7th of September. If you extrapolate that forward, you'll see that that is where we bounced just a few days ago and we also bounced around support at 60,000. So Bitcoin has resistance at our previous all-time high of 65,000 and resistance at our previous all-time high that happened a week ago at 67,000, but we also have support on this uptrend and on the flat level at 60k. So that's where Bitcoin is right now. It's kind of trading sideways in here waiting for something to happen. We've seen volume drop off. We've seen momentum slow down that we can see on the Bollinger Bands. And because of all of that, we can tell that Bitcoin is kind of just chilling out here. It's regaining its strength. Like I said, guys, if you're enjoying today's show, consider liking the video if you like the video. Let's see if we can't get to 1,000 likes here in the first 10 minutes or so. Anyway, the very first thing I want to show you here is that we did actually properly bounce bullish off of that uptrend. And in doing so, we set a green-red-green green formation in play. We actually mentioned this on yesterday's show, but I wanted to show you it again. And we closed yesterday's candlestick quite bullish. We closed around $63,200, which allowed for a pretty large bullish engulfing candlestick to, uh, to form. That's a good thing. Now, looking at the Bollinger Bands again here, you can see they're continuing to constrict on themselves. But we've managed to stay above the 20 SMA, which represents the center line of the Bollinger Bands. Why is that a good thing? It's a good thing because it means that Bitcoin is consolidating. It means that Bitcoin is losing some momentum in an actually healthy way, meaning it is, you know, gearing up for the next leg to the upside. But it hasn't gone so far that it needed to breach that center line on Bollinger Bands. Moving down to the four-hourly chart, we can also look at some more support here. And you'll see that we actually confirmed our support down here around $60,000. Bounced bullish. We had a bullish engulfing candlestick formation that came in just a couple of days ago. That seemed to confirm things. On top of that, if we look at the RSI and MACD, they're sending us some signals. Number one, in that bounce, we rallied all the way up to 61, got into the bullish control zone up here, but we did not get overextended. Instead, over the last day or so, we've seen some correction on the RSI down to 50, meaning that we have reset. We're still in the bullish control zone, which is sitting between 50 and 70. You might even argue between like 60 and 80, but in this case, I'm going to say 50 to 70, and that means the bulls are in charge, even though there is a bit of a fight going on right now. The other thing to show you here is that about a day ago, there was a bullish MACD cross on Bitcoin. Of course, more recently, there is some convergence, but we're going to get to that in our bearish segment. Moving down to the one hourly chart, guys, we can show you a couple of other things, namely, there is currently a falling wedge that formed a couple of days or over the over the course of the last day or two. We broke bullish out of that briefly. Then we've had a bit of a correction right back down to our downtrending level of support right here. And then this forms what we would call a bull flag. So what matters right here, because there's a couple of lines here that aren't terribly important. They're contextual, but they aren't really the point. We have our downtrending level of resistance right here on Bitcoin, downtrending level of support right here on Bitcoin. We're currently sitting around the level of support. We're hoping that we bounce here and rally 
rally back up to our resistance. The reason that these two trend lines are important is because they form something called a bull flag. Bitcoin went into a rally. This right here, this rally is called the flag pole. Then us trading sideways right here is called the flag itself. You can see that with the flag pole right there. Then the rectangular flag right there. This is a chart formation that you can use to predict what Bitcoin is going to do next. And if Bitcoin does break to the upside, as it should, which we know statistically bull flags typically break in the bullish direction, then a simple price target would give us a price target of upwards of 66 uh, and a quarter thousand dollars up here around 66,250. So this bull flag is actually very important and Bitcoin breaking to the upside here is what's more likely based on that analysis. On top of that, guys, looking at the hourly chart here on the RSI, you can see that we're sitting down here around 44. This is technically in the bearish control zone, but if we do bounce and rally not too far, we'll be back up above 50, meaning that the bulls will be back in charge. We have a lot of room to go to the upside or to the downside. Right now, Bitcoin's kind of in the middle. It's not overextended bullish. It's not overextended bearish. We're probably going to see a big movement coming in in the next 24 hours. We don't know which direction it's going to be necessarily. We're going to come to those conclusions a little bit later. But in general, what we need to know right now is that Bitcoin is in a neutral position and really is geared up for either a move to the upside or a move to the downside. Now, what I want to do now is I want to go through the daily chart, four-hourly chart, and hourly chart again, but this time I want to look at Lux Algo because there are quite a few different technical indicators that I want to show you in the Lux uh, package of indicators. The first one is uh, the trend catcher out here on the daily chart. If we turn on Lux Algo, you guys can see this line right here. This line can be turned on by going into the settings of Lux Algo Premium, go to inputs, and turn on trend catcher right here, down here about halfway through this page. The trend catcher I have found over the last couple of weeks that I've been using it to be pretty useful. You can see here that it actually pretty much called this top right here. You can see it switched red quite a bit earlier than we saw the strong buy signal, and in fact, right or strong sell signal. And in fact, right over here when this rally started, the trend catcher turned green a full day before the strong buy signal even came in. Now, there are times where it will lag a little bit, but in general, especially on the longer term time frames, Lux Algo trend catcher seems to be a leading indicator, leading even the already very, very powerful buy and sell signals. You can see we led the strong buy signal by one day here. The trend catcher reversed on the 3rd, and we saw the buy signal come in on the 4th of October. Right now, it's still bullish, and in fact, we're using this line as support. This line can be looked at as support and resistance, and we're currently bouncing off of it with support. That is a very, very good thing. Also, keep in mind, we're still under a strong buy signal right now, and that means that the general longer-term trend is bullish on Bitcoin. Here in a little bit, around the top of the hour, when we get into our bearish segment, you guys are probably going to get a little freaked out. Be like, hey, there's actually quite a bit bearish on Bitcoin down on like the hourly chart, the four-hourly mm -hmm. chart. Needn't fear, the longer-term trend is here. The longer-term trend is still quite bullish. Lux Algo, me showing you this on the daily chart, the reason I'm showing you this is to remind you of that. The hourly chart, four-hourly chart don't look the best necessarily, but the longer term definitely, definitely does. We shouldn't be concerned about that. Now, on top of that, if we turn on something called the EQ cloud here, and the reversal zone, we're going to get a couple of interesting signals here. Number one, we actually broke pretty deep into this zone up here, this band. This is called the reversal zone for Lux Algo, and it gives us an indication of where the market might top out. You can see we actually breached into it back over here, had a small correction after we did that. It actually also is where we breached into during these times over here. You can almost look at it like the top band of the Bollinger Bands, but it gives you a lot more information. We managed to break bearish out of that, but right now, 
we have reset and we're actually in a healthy position in regards to these bands. These resistance bands are moving to the upside. We're moving sideways, meaning that we're getting more headroom as time goes on. Definitely a very good thing. Now, on top of that, I want to show you this right down here. This is called the EQ Cloud on Lux Algo. Again, guys, I told you Lux Algo is one of the sponsors of our channel. We've only really been showing the bullish, uh, the strong bull, uh, buy and sell signals for the last like two months. There's like 15 other indicators in this package that I'm just now starting to learn even more about. I'm really, really enjoying. One of them here is this EQ Cloud. You can see this EQ Cloud is starting starting to expand. Well, what do we do anytime we're using a newer technical indicator that we're not ter that we're not the most familiar with? We want to do historical analysis. We teach that all the time in CT2A. Historical analysis, very, very important. Let's do some historical analysis on this. I'll actually go ahead and turn off these other two parts so that you can see this uh, EQ cloud. Let's take a look here at what happens when the EQ cloud starts to expand right around where it is right now. Well, it seems like it's a bit of a lagging indicator. It seems like it comes in a little bit after the rally, but in general, whenever the EQ cloud starts to expand, as you can see in some of these instances historically here, that we're probably seeing... Uh, we're probably seeing a time where the market is going to be moving to the upside. We might see some sideways trading because, like I said, it is a bit of a lagging indicator. It's not supposed to give you buy and sell signals. It's supposed to give you a zone of support and resistance, which you can see it's very good at. But in general, when it starts to widen, it seems that the market starts going into a bit of a rally. So the fact that it is widening right now indicates that there's quite a bit of bullish strength right now. And if we do manage to stay above this EQ cloud, then we should remain in a longer-term uptrend. Moving down to the four-hourly chart, there's a few more things I want to show you. I'll go ahead and turn that EQ cloud offer right now. The very first thing is actually really bullish, and that would be our trend catcher. Turning on the trend catcher here, we can see that just yesterday, right before the buy signal came in, the trend catcher actually turned green. Again, coming in one candlestick before the buy signal, it turned green. Now, this same trend catcher called the top up here perfectly, called it before the sell signal came in. The sell signal came in right around here. About 12 hours earlier, the trend catcher reversed. I love this trend catcher, guys. It's really useful, and it has turned green. Now, it's not a very confident green. Notice we only kind of took one step up here. I want to see some more steps up on this trend catcher before I'm really confident in it, but the fact is it is bullish, and that's one of the things that you need to be watching. On top of that, obviously, you've just seen it. There is a buy signal, but notice we're not seeing a very strong green as we saw in this area over here. Instead, we're seeing this purple color. What does that mean? That means that there's indecision in the market. That means that, yes, we're bullish, but no, we're not super bullish. It means that there is the chance that we could flip back bearish very quickly. This signals a lack of confidence. We do have a buy signal. We do have green. But this purple color right here signals that we're not very bullish. It means that we are bullish, but like not very powerful. We're just kind of bullish. That's basically what that color of the candlestick is telling you. On top of that, if we look at the EQ cloud again, we're going to get a couple more signals here. Taking a look at it, you can see we're actually bouncing off of it as a support zone. So this is a, this is a dynamically adjusting support zone that is very, very helpful. And right now, we're actually sitting right there. Looks like we might be about to have a cross on this zone, which you could take as a bearish signal. And that would indicate that we might see another three to seven days of bearish action or sideways action, which I think is likely. So that is a pretty good signal right there. Take a look at this EQ cloud in your Lux Algo. It is definitely very, very helpful. Now, we're going to shelve Lux Algo for just a second. We're going to do some brief market cipher TA also. I know you guys love market cipher. We're going to look at that. Uh, but in a second here, we're going to go through a bunch of news articles. We're going to do a bunch of uh, uh, fundamental analysis. There are some headlines I want to read. Going to be pretty quickly. Uh, going to be pretty quick here. But first, let's take a look at market cipher out on the daily chart. First thing I want to show you on market cipher is that the money flow is increasing. VWAP is increasing. There is a green dot, meaning that the momentum is turning around and the RSI is moving to the upside. What does all that mean? Well, this is actually not a very strong, but it is a buy signal uh, coming from uh, Market Cipher. This is kind of the equivalent of a buy signal slash trend, um, trend catcher 
green flash on Lux Algo. This is uh, quite a bullish sign, and it means that the next couple of days for Bitcoin would be expected to be bullish. I don't know if I fully agree with that. I think Bitcoin is going to have trouble moving to the upside over the next couple of days. I think we're going to see some sideways movement, but that is what the daily chart looks like there. On top of that, if we look at the market side for DBSI, we can see that there is a 13 and a 16 here and a negative 3 and a negative 5 on top. Don't have time to go into what all that means, but basically that means that we have strong buy pressure, strong buy signals coming in. It means that there is uh, underlying bullish pressure coming in. So it's really interesting to see that happening. Moving down quickly here to the four hourly chart. Not quite the same story. It's actually the exact opposite story. We are, instead of seeing bullishness, we're seeing the money flow decrease dramatically. VWAP's pushing below the zero level. RSI's moving to the downside, and we see a red dot of momentum. So when we see bullishness on the daily chart and we see bearishness on the four-hourly chart, you might be inclined to believe, okay, that's a contradiction. We kind of have to throw that TA out with bathwater. That's not the case. What we need to do here is we need to realize a week from now, we might be moving to the upside. We might have some bullishness. But down here on the four-hourly chart and down here on the hourly chart, we might not be quite as bullish. And in fact, that's what the DBSI is telling us on the four-hourly chart. This is part of the market cipher package. You can see this right here. There is a 3, a 10, an 11, a 10, a 16, a 12, a 13. Remember, the bigger the signal, the stronger the pressure. If it's on top, that is bearish pressure. If it's on bottom, that's ba- uh, that's uh, bullish pressure. Having these large numbers on top here means that there is selling pressure coming into the market down on the four-hourly chart, which makes sense because the market is pushing to the downside. Moving down to the one-hourly chart, we can look at the same technical indicators. We're getting a lot less clear of a signal coming out of market cipher. Money flow is kind of trading sideways. VWAP's doing its own thing. We do have some buy signals, uh, not buy signals, sorry, green dots coming in on the momentum. And we see that there's a higher low on the momentum blue bands down here. But in general, we're still seeing a little bit of uh, uncertainty and we are bearish on the RSI. In general, the, the one hourly chart is more bearish. Um, is less bearish, excuse me, than the four-hourly chart, but it's not giving as clear of a signal. Basically, we're seeing sideways momentum down here on the one-hourly chart, uh, considerable bearish momentum on the four-hourly chart, and there's actually bullish signals coming in on the daily chart, but those are probably going to take a couple of days to play out. So, I just did technical analysis for 25 minutes straight. Let me kind of break down what I just said. Uh, 15 minutes straight, excuse me. Let me kind of break down what I just said so that you guys have something you can walk away with here. Essentially, what we're seeing right now is the next 7 to 14 days seem to be pretty bullish. It looks like we're going to see some bullish movements here in the next 7 to 14 days, moving towards the end of um, uh, October, moving into the middle part of November. However, when you start looking down at the 4-hourly chart and the 1-hourly chart, things start to look more bearish. Basically, what we're seeing right now is that there's a decision point. I say this all the time. It's actually really important. The market's trading sideways. We are sitting between 60,000 and 65,000. It looks like in the next 7 to 14 days, we're going to have a move to the upside, but it also looks like we're going to have some sideways momentum uh, until then. We're about to jump into some news stories, but I want to hand it over to Tim really quickly because I know he wants to add in. Well, maybe you said this and maybe you didn't. I I, I thought I was paying good attention. Uh, Go to your hourly chart real quick. Okay. Are we not, and this would make a lot of sense why the daily daily, uh, chart is saying bullish, but the Four hourly and hourly are reading bearish. Aren't we saying do you want to go to my screen? Yeah. Oh, okay, go for it. I was go to my say, screen. We can go to your screen. Go to my screen. Alright. This, this looks like a, a cup and handle formation. It does. And that would explain. I think we're gonna come down here and touch this level of uh support that the VPVR gives us. I'm not gonna pull it up so you guys see, but this red line right here is is a line that got gets given by the VPVR. The point of control is at sixty one thousand right now. Yeah. And and so just so we know, you know, it's not we're not about to turn over like within the next couple of hours and and do this, but over the next week or so, you know, week maybe week and a half. I think we'll make it up closer to seventy thousand. This puts us at sixty-eight thousand, roughly somewhere up in there. But uh, you know, this this to me 
Tell me if you disagree. Looks like a cup and handle formation. No, I agree. cut. And so that fully explains why the daily chart's saying, hey, everything looks so bullish. And the four hourly and hourly, like, hey, we got a couple more hours, you know, maybe even a day or two of moving back down here to this line, and then we're going to explode. So you know what's funny, Tim? I didn't call it a cup and handle formation. And the reason I didn't call it a cup and handle formation, because I saw that, is because if we jump to my screen, I can show you really quickly. The cup and handle formation has this cup right here, and then this uh, this flag right here is the um, would be the handle of the cup and handle. Handle. Yeah. The same way you would measure this tr this uh, bull flag is the exact same way you'd measure the cup and handle. Oh, both, so you just, you just called it something else. I just yeah, it's the, gotcha. it, they're both the there are both it, what it is. It's a cup and handle formation with a bull flag baked into it, which is normally how that goes. And both of them have the exact same methodology for price targets, and both of them give a sixty six thousand five hundred dollar price target. Yeah. I think it's going to take a week or so for that price target to get hit, if not longer, because of all the other bearish technicals. But that is definitely a relevant chart formation. Yeah, you guys should definitely it, be looking. As at someone put in chat, there's actually. I love, you know, we, we actually call this one of three things. We could call this, and, and Smay, you can go back to my chart if you want to. Okay. We can call this, uh, like you said, it's just a it's just a flag. Joe, we have the our flag going right here. We could call this the cup and handle, which is what I thought. Or, you know, technically they're right. We can call like this an inverse, an inverse head, head and shoulders. I was about to say, it also kind of looks like an inverse head and shoulders. The good news is, and uh, Jeb just said, all three of these Literally all would three make of this prediction of sixty-eight thousand. That's that's how you sixty-six. Would that. Sixty-six. Now the okay. now the inverse head and shoulders pattern. If you look, if you draw that, it actually has a price target of sixty, uh, of sixty-eight. Yeah, the six, cup and handle so and the and the and the bull flag have a price target of sixty-six and a half. So yeah, either way, they're pointing back towards all-time high, and that's what you guys need to know. So really quickly here, I just want to read a couple of headlines. We're going to dive right back into this TA here in a second. These are not going to take long. We only got about five minutes before we go into intermission. Read your super chats. By the way, if you guys are liking today's video then if you would like the video, it really helps to promote us in the algorithm, meaning that we're able to get this content in front of more people. If you think that we're providing value to you and you think that other people can find value from the content that we are doing here, then hitting the like button is one of the best ways to support the channel. So thank you guys very, very much for doing that and subscribe if you haven't already. Really quickly here, these are not stories I'm going to go in a bunch of detail on, but they are pretty interesting. Trillion dollar Tesla may soon start accepting Bitcoin payments again. We may in the future restart the practice of transacting in digital assets for our products and services, the filing reads, adding that we believe in the long-term potential of digital assets, both as an investment and also as a liquid alternative to cash, is a statement coming from Tesla. We have heard from Tesla about four months ago or so that they're putting a pause on the ability to buy Tesla vehicles and Tesla products uh, because of the greenhouse gas emissions that Bitcoin uh, struggles with, or that's the alleged. I think that's a joke, but that is, of course, something that a company that is built around curbing climate change kind of has to worry about and think about, so I get it. Uh, the point is, though, that has actually gotten even better than it already was. There's not as much greenhouse gas emissions uh, being created through mining as there was even six months ago, especially since miners have left China. So it looks like Tesla might be coming back into the Bitcoin space in the next couple of months. We're going to talk a little bit more about this here in a little bit. For right now, I'm just kind of giving you the news, and we're going to go into the opinion here in a second. I'll give you my brief take. Um, I think this is all a marketing ploy, and I think this is all PR, and I'll believe it when I see it. Now, moving on here, there's a couple other things I want to show you. This is really interesting. Record crypto inflows of $1.47 billion last week boosted by Bitcoin ETFs. I forget where it is right here in this article. Uh, the majority of inflows went to Bitcoin, amounting to $1.45 billion, while Ethereum saw outflows uh, for a consecutive third week totaling to $1.4 We saw a massive amount of money 
being poured into the ProShares Bitcoin ETF fund, and it became the second highest traded fund in history, attracting a 24 attracting 24 million shares. There has been a massive amount of money pouring into the cryptocurrency market over the last year, and a lot of that is happening over on uh, these Bitcoin ETFs that are now coming in. And in fact, I don't think it's in this article, but I read earlier that in the first two days of trading, the uh, the ProShares Bitcoin ETF actually did more trading volume than the Canadian Bitcoin. ETF has done to date. It launched a few months ago. So the amount of trading volume going on right now is ludicrous. Unfortunately, that is cash settled. It is not Bitcoin settled. We do want that kind of fund in the future. But for right now, it does signal that there's a lot of interest in Bitcoin. And kind of the overarching theme of these stories here is that no matter what the technicals look like over the next week or two, just remember the fundamentals look phenomenal. They're continuing to grow and we're continuing to build support here around 60K. Now, on top of that, I want to read you another headline here. South Korean pension fund to invest in Bitcoin ETF report. The reason that this is interesting is because one, this is a gigantic fund and they are talking about putting a lot of money into crypto. But two, the reason that's important is because pension funds are some of the most conservative funds in the world. Why? Well, they're pension funds. People need to retire on the money inside of these. So if a pension fund is getting into Bitcoin, then that signals to us that we might be seeing more older money, more conservative money. I mean, fiscally conservative, as in they're not wanting to take a bunch of risks, not the political stance, the like uh, financial stance, wanting to not take a bunch of risks are getting into Bitcoin. That means that we are seeing more and more people, even coming from South Korea, which is a very fiscally conservative nation wanting to get into Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies, that means that the world is starting to see Bitcoin as a more established asset class. That's why this is an interesting headline. Not going to go into a bunch of detail on it. You guys probably don't care that much, but the reason I'm bringing it up is because I want you to know even the people that are scared of high-risk assets like Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies are still getting involved in Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies, and that is why Bitcoin is going to grow so fast, so far, over the next several uh, months and years. And one final point before we start reading Super Chats here is that didn't Plan B predict that we'd be sitting at $63,000 or above by the end of tw- uh, by the end of October? Mm-hmm. Really funny. It looks like his prediction is going to come perfectly true once again. Love to find out why he is being so accurate on that over the last three months. Anyway, guys, let's go ahead and read some Super Chats, and we're going to move into our bearish segment here in about five minutes. Yes, yes, yes. We have... Uh I don't know why that one's way up there. We have one from TDP saying, thought we were waiting for the cup and handle at 50,000. I don't know if that was... Um, so, let's see. I know what he's talking about. He's talking about the longer-term cup and handle formation, I believe. Um, I think he's talking about the, like, there's a giant cup and handle formation that formed on Bitcoin. Uh, you can see it on my screen. And it had a price target of, you guessed it, right where we went to, of $66,000. So, not quite sure what he's talking about there. Yeah, I'm a little confused on that one as well. But uh, That cup and handle formation, if it's the one I'm thinking of, it literally called exactly a $67,000 Bitcoin. And we hit that on the head. Gotcha. All right, we have one from X Vega saying, God bless you and everything you guys do in the name of Jesus. Question, I got $6,000 in ETC and $3,000 ADA and some small alts. Should Should I move some of that to Bitcoin? If you're not holding Bitcoin, in my opinion, this is not financial advice, so please don't take it that way. In my opinion, that's a mistake. I think that anybody who is in cryptocurrency absolutely needs to hold Bitcoin. If you're not holding Bitcoin, I think it's a bad idea. The reason I think it's a bad idea is because Bitcoin is the foundation of this space. Bitcoin built this space. Bitcoin is the largest market cap, and it probably will be for a very long time. Um, If you're not holding Bitcoin, I would consider adjusting that portfolio management a little bit. But again, I am not a financial advisor. I would 
encourage you to get a financial advisor or a CPA who understands crypto. A lot of them don't, so make sure you get one that does understand crypto, uh, because just because you have a CPA before your name doesn't mean you're an expert in crypto. Try and find one that's an expert in crypto and talk to them, but in my opinion, I think that's a bad idea not to hold Bitcoin. Yeah, we have another one from James Bowler. Uh, saying any chance that we cash out some profits during the top uh, and that okay profits during the top that will all okay that with all the retail and institutional FOMO that Bitcoin and Ethereum supply will be sold out so I'm trying to get surmise what he's trying to ask any chance that when we cash out some profits during the top that with all the retail and institutional FOMO that Bitcoin and Ethereum supply will be sold out I, I know yeah. what he's saying. So yeah. if we, um, I think he's, well, hell no, I don't know what he's saying. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I think what he's saying is that are people going to sell the top and that's going to cause like a supply shock? I think that's what he's getting at. Um, or that people won't be wanting to sell? That's kind of a backwards question. The, he's talking about would the supply be sold out? I Yeah. I, would the supply be sold I, out? I think I understand what he's saying. What do you think? So tonight? so he's saying, I guess he's saying, will all the, the supply get bought up with FOMO? Like, will you not be able to buy any more Bitcoin? That, that's anything? what I thought but he that was getting happen at the top though that doesn't happen at a top that would happen at a bottom yeah that would happen at a bottom it can happen at a top i guess if if well i mean if people people keep buying it at the top i'm gonna answer i'm gonna answer it this way i think what he's getting at is could bitcoin see a supply shock a supply shock is what happens when there is no supply and it's very difficult to buy bitcoin and it causes the price to moonshot that is very much possible at this point i don't think that is in the cards right now and the reason is because a lot of people are selling the top right around sixty-seven thousand, adding liquidity to the space making a supply shock less likely it's just yeah i mean if the supply is sold out though you definitely do not want to be selling the price no. is about to explode yeah the whole reason we're gonna you know hit the peak is because the demand is so much uh or the supply is so much higher than the demand that's why the price will go down if the if the demand is uh higher than the supply then that's that's the time to stay in and just keep taking the profit yeah uh or sorry keep growing in your bag we'll keep moving on though evan kraus said looking to add to my alt bags with all uh, will alt bleed enough to get better entries in a few weeks or would you look for an entry now before alt season oh good question hmm that is a very good question the thing about all let me bring up coin market cap here um Honestly, I really don't know. I think the altcoins are already sitting at a very high valuation compared to where they have been in the past. Bitcoin sitting at 45% market dominance. I think the altcoins are going to lose some of that dominance of Bitcoin over the next several months. But as far as when exactly that's going to happen, I can't really give you an exact answer on that. The the important thing to remember, Evan, is buying the bottoms and buying or selling the tops is almost impossible yeah we might not be at the bottom but we're close enough this is a great time to start investing in those alts before alt season yeah, no, even agree. if it drip, dips a little bit yeah. uh, but that's not financial advice so do still do whatever you think you use best that is indeed last one we have here before we need to jump back into stuff is from jason clark saying ada is ready to break out of the triangle I yeah, no, it's getting morning. really close. I know exactly what you're talking about. It is a coiled spring, and uh, yeah, yep, as yep, Kelly yep. said earlier uh, in our in our morning call when we were planning everything, the permable in me sees the per- the the spring coiling and re- is ready for it to break out. Yeah. Uh, no, I was uh, t- Tim. What was that? What did I say yesterday? I was I was like, forty bucks in in Cardano be worth forty bucks in ten years because a stable coin. Cardano is basically a stable coin right now. It's doing <laughs> nothing. It is literally the most boring cryptocurrency in the world the last two months. But that is actually a very good thing. Why? Yes. Because the fundamentals are growing on yes. Cardano. It means that you can buy in for a consistent price. And by the way, it means that Cardano is laying a foundation at $2, the same way that it laid a foundation at $1 a year ago. 
What does yeah. that mean? That means that Cardano is comfortable at $2 when before it was only comfortable at $1. That means yeah. that Cardano was growing as an ecosystem. No, so, so it's uh, a good thing. Last thing, and then go to my chart real quick, Smay. Uh, so this is on Kraken, which is, again, one of the first exchanges in the United States that you could even get Cardano with. A lot of people got Kraken just so they could get into Cardano. Remember weeks ago, it was around this time, somewhere in the price up here, that Jeb called and said we might see a steep correction in Cardano. Just the technicals were screaming for it. Yep. The, even other analysts, I looked it up, other analysts predicted that Cardano could drop as low as $1.77. Yep. Look at this little the wick right here, this little scam wick thing. It dropped to 170 or 180, right? Yep. And it immediately bounced back up. What I talked about yesterday on the show is the strength of Cardano is all the technicals showed, yes, Cardano could drop here. Even when you look at this symmetrical triangle pattern coming out of a downward motion, that screams, hey, we should break bearish. But the strength of the Cardano community, the strength of the Cardano found like the people that run Cardano, we have held right here. And I think it's about time when you look at back analysis, historical analysis, it's time now that Bitcoin's had its run, these altcoins are going to come up as well. I fully, fully, fully expect us to see this break bullish out of the symmetrical triangle pattern and go up. This is why like last week, just so you guys know, I, I entered a trade and I, I lost a little bit, but I'm like, I'm just going to hold into it because I know Cardano is about to break here within the next couple of weeks. And that's what that's what I'm fully expecting. You can go off my screen now, Smay. Yeah, I, I love where Cardano is right now. And so, again, not telling anyone else what they should do, just so you guys know that I'm invested in a trade right now in Cardano because I, I'm seeing all that. Boom. All right, well, guys, we're going to jump back into Bitcoin here over on my screen. We're going to look at the bearish technicals. This is everybody's least favorite segment, but it might be the most important because the thing that you don't want to learn about oftentimes is the thing that you need to learn about. Most kids don't like eating their vegetables, but eating vegetables is a lot more important than eating pizza, isn't it? I am that kid. That's, that's me. I'm 21. I'm still that guy. Either way, we're going to look at the bearish technicals, even though we don't enjoy it. It is very important because we need to have a balanced diet. No, balanced point of view on crypto. So let's take a look at my daily chart. The first thing to show you guys is that three days ago, there was a bearish MACD cross. This is obviously a bearish signal. Yesterday, it looked like we might see some bullish convergence on the MACD, but nope, we ended up not closing high enough and we continued to see bearish, uh, uh, bearish divergence on the MACD. Definitely not a signal that we are all too happy about. Looking at the RSI, we can see that the RSI has been retreating and pulling all the way back from its local high at 78 down to where it sits right now at 62. Now, a couple points to make here. Number one, yes, we got a little bit overextended up here. 70, uh, 78 was pretty high. But the reason that this is interesting to me is because Bitcoin has had a much needed correction, but it hasn't dipped down here to like 30 or 40. It's only dipped down to about 60. What does that mean? That means that we're still in the bullish control zone. That means that similarly, similarly to some of these... Um, dips that we saw over here in July, August, September, that we're probably not seeing a massive correction like we saw in September, but we're probably seeing one of these smaller corrections that we saw in August where we pulled back for the span of, you know, four or five days. I think it's going to take longer. I think we're going to probably trade sideways for about, you know, seven to 10 days, but I don't think we're seeing one of these giant 20, 30% corrections. I think we're seeing one of the more moderate, like 10, 15% corrections that we see trade sideways for a while. That's what I'm reading from the RSI right now. Yeah, we've seen a drop, but not a massive, massive crash like we've seen in past. And another thing to point out here on the RSI is that compared to the local high that we set on RSI 
Back on the uh, July the 30th, we've actually gone higher on RSI than we have ever since we hit all-time high uh, back in February. We actually hit the highest level that we've seen on RSI ever since February. What does that mean? That means the bulls at one point, just a couple of days ago, were the strongest that they've been since February. That's what the RSI is telling us, and that's actually a very good sign, meaning that the next several weeks, probably pretty bullish. But again, the whole narrative we're telling you is that the next several weeks looks bullish, the next several days, not so much. Continuing on here on the daily chart, we want to show you the candles. Uh, there has currently been a bearish candlestick forming and a bearish large upper wick that happened over the last couple of days. We are looking at a pretty large red candlestick today so far and a pretty decently sized upper shadow right here. This basically means the bulls tried to rally up to uh, uh, 6370 yesterday, 63700 yesterday, and they failed. We pulled all the way back down to 63000 Currently right now, we're trying to break below $62,000 as support even as we speak. Yes, I see that minute chart movement. We are going to look at this here in just a little bit, so stay tuned. Now, the other thing I want to show you here on the daily chart that is definitely not very bullish is that the volume is incredibly low. We saw it trying to pump up over the last three days. Right now, it's still pretty low. Remember, today's candlestick is only 14 hours old. It opened at 8 o'clock last night, Eastern Time. So this candlestick, this uh, bar right here, this volume bar is not fully developed. But nevertheless, the volume does seem to be quite low. Definitely not a signal that is very bullish. Now, there is one way that you can read that and say that it's bullish. You can say, hey, we're, uh, we're, we're taking out the supply. We're building support. We're like a coiled spring getting ready to break out. That is true. However, in general, the, the most surface level way to read volume is if the volume's low, it's a bad sign. That's kind of how I'm looking at this. Not something that I'm super, super excited about, to be quite honest. Now, moving down to the four-hourly chart, we see even more of that. If you take a look here, this is something Taylor, who's on our research team, noticed. It's actually sitting behind Smay over there. T Taylor noticed. It's T Shroom. T Shroom. Sorry. T Shroom recognized. Uh, the volume moving average, the 20 moving average going through the volume is actually the lowest right now that it has been in a very long time on the four hourly chart. If you take a look at this here, the volume moving average is the lowest that it, that it has been since August 29th. See, this is the last time that we intersected uh, this line. We came close to it on September the 13th, September the 20th, September the 28th, uh, October 5th, October 10th. But we haven't actually gotten this low on uh, the moving average for volume since August the 30th, August the 29th, somewhere in there. Meaning that our volume right now is stupidly low. Like, it is very low. We are not seeing a whole lot of volume at all. And on top of that, guys... The, uh, the we're currently breaking bearish out of this uh, bull flag. And this is one of the reasons why I wasn't super excited about that price target of 65,000. That's why I wasn't super excited about the inverse head and shoulders pattern here. That's why I wasn't super excited about the about the cup and handle formation here is because, quite frankly, I'm going to be honest with you, I kind of didn't think we were going to break bullish out of this. I was pretty convinced, and actually I was about to tell you about this, but it, it's already happened. Uh, I kind of thought we were going to break bearish out of this, and it looks like that is what's happening. Moving on down here to the hourly chart, you can see that right now it does seem that we're breaking bearish below our downtrending level of support. Now, depending on where we bottom out, you might be able to make the argument that Bitcoin has just reestablished the downtrending level of support, but that's a bit of a cop-out. You can do that, and there is precedent for doing that in technical analysis, but the last four hours on Bitcoin have undeniably been bearish. We've dropped $1,200, so the next couple of hours, the next four, five, six, seven, eight hours, don't look all that bullish. Looking here at our Bollinger Bands, we also get some interesting data. Number one, we're pushing below the, outs, uh, pushing below the bottom Bollinger Band, and we're actually trading, for the most part, 
on the bottom half of the bands. We're trading below the 20 SMA, not above it as we were doing before. That indicates a shift in power. That shift that indicates a shift in the power to the bears, not so much to the bulls as we would like to see. Bitcoin is definitely in more of a bearish setup right now. Even looking at the MACD, you can see that we crossed bearish relatively recently, and we've been diverging bearish on the MACD over the last three hours. Now, one more thing that I want to show you has to do with Lux Algo. I'm going to show you down here on the hourly chart because it is quite bearish down here. Taking a look at Lux Algo, we can see that we saw a sell signal come in. We can see that instead of being this purple color, we've actually over the last hour turned this red color. That means that we've gone from a uh, normal sell signal to a strong sell signal. That's what that color change represents. And you can also see in this case, it was lagging indicator. Normally, it's a leading indicator. I mean, you can even see it right up here that it was a leading indicator. But in this case... We did see that the trend catcher uh, reversed this time after the sell signal. Sometimes one will come before the other, but normally one of them is going to come pretty early. This sell signal was pretty solid. I mean, just take a look at these signals, guys. If you haven't gotten Lux Algo, you are missing out. You definitely should get it. The link's in the description box down below. Uh, you can use coupon code JEB, J-E-B-B, for 20% uh, off at checkout. Trend catcher is bearish. Uh, sell signal turning red. That's kind of what we're looking at here on the Lux Algo. Now, another thing I want to show you is that we're actually currently pushing into the EQ cloud. This indicates that we could be finding support somewhere in here. The EQ cloud often represents the zone that we're going to find support in. We could also find support here on this long-term uptrend. This uptrend right here that I'm drawing, I'm not going to zoom out and show you just yet, but this long-term uptrend I'm showing you actually has been in play for literally like seven months. It, this is a very, very important uptrend. So if Bitcoin does pull all the way back down to around 61,000, it's probably going to be bouncing in the cloud, and it's probably also going to be bouncing off of this uptrend. And of course, we talked about earlier, 61,000 is the point of control for the VPVR. You can see that showing up right here. Uh, right here. So 61,000 is our convergent support. Basically, what I'm saying is that if Bitcoin doesn't manage to bounce back up into this falling uh, trading channel, it's probably going to go all the way down to 61,000. And it is almost, not almost certainly, but it's very likely to bounce around 61K if it needs to go down that far. Now, one final thing that I want to show you is that, uh, and we're about to talk about that Gensler news. I know that there's been some breaking news. We're going to look mm -hmm. at that here in a second. Uh, but there has also been a red dot that just printed here on the Lux Oscillator. These red dots are really helpful. You can see this green dot kind of called this uptrend. So that red dot is definitely something that we want to look at. So let's go to full screen here. We need to talk a little bit about the fundamentals as well because I'm actually getting news right now that Gary Gensler, the head of the SEC, has, in my notes, it says he has poured cold water on the chance for a Bitcoin the, spot ETF. That's the headline of the article. Yes. Tim, have you had a chance to read this? I, this I'm, literally I'm, just broke I'm two minutes ago. I'm reading through it right now. This looks like it just broke like two minutes ago. Yeah. So we can look at my screen really quickly here and dive into this. SEC Chair Gary Gensler pours cold water on the possibility of Bitcoin spot ETF. Gary Gensler is always pouring cold water on this stuff. It, it It is not surprising the, to me at all. The good news is, is what I'm reading so far, I... I I actually kind of like this. And and his main reason is he, his concern is for the investor because he is very concerned about uh, investor protection when it comes to this. Uh, you know, we've had, we talked about Gary Gensler a little bit in the past. There's some things he does we don't really like. There's some things he does. I, I don't think that Gary Gensler is a person who just wants to, you know, I'm trying to think of the expression without being inappropriate. Destroyed uh, Bitcoin. Yeah, let's just say it that way. Uh, there's another expression I was going to use, but I think it would have been uh, inappropriate. Uh, he, I think he honestly is trying to do what he thinks is best yeah. for people. And in this case, we've said on this channel, we know ETFs help the price of Bitcoin in the long run, but they potentially have a, 
kind of a backdoor slap as well. I well, actually kind of like this ETFs move. Anyway. I, I kind of like this move of him, him say, even saying like, hey, I want to protect the investors. This is not well thought out. This is not well done. We need to make sure the regulation, this, this regulation would not be regulation that hurts the retail investor. This would be regulation that actually prevents the large entities from hurting the retail investor and taking advantage of them. So I, I know I need to read more and look more into it, but at least what I'm starting so far, I'm, I'm not necessarily upset with this news. Yeah, so lo- looking at it here, I'm reading this literally live while you guys are looking at it. It looks like he said, investors aren't protected the way they are, whether they go into the stock or bonds market that we've overseen so long. Without that, I think it really is, as I've said to others, a bit of the Wild West. Yeah, it absolutely is the Wild West. The problem here is, and the reason that and like I said, I've literally read like a quarter of this. This just came across my desk, so I haven't had a chance to really dive into this, so I don't want to misrepresent Gary Gensler. But what I will say about that is this. The government always loves to tell us when we're allowed to do things. The government always loves to tell us, hey, we need, you need to do this for your protection, or you need to do that for your protection. That is a good thing to a certain extent. That is the government's job to a certain extent, to protect the people. However, there is also something to be said that the government kind of needs to mind its own business in certain cases. So I'm not making a specific stance on this, but I just I personally like to be kind of careful with with um, saying, okay, the government needs to come in and protect the retail trader. I think if the retail trader is not competent enough to protect themselves from investing in the wrong thing, then they shouldn't be in the market in the first place. And that's where personal responsibility comes in. I could talk about that till the cows come home. But let's go ahead and quickly read some super chats. Then we'll yeah. dive back into this discussion. I also want to talk a little bit about this Tesla story. Yeah, uh, we have that's one from Gatidius Telecom saying, Jeb, I'm holding 0.06 Bitcoin, but when leveraging, I have one Bitcoin. Should I keep trading instead of holding? I think you kind of answered that yesterday, did you not? If you are, yes, I did. So if you are, if you, let's say you have 0.06 Bitcoin in your portfolio and that's all you have. Um, if you have 0.06, uh, 0.06 Bitcoin and you don't have, you know, 0.1 Bitcoin somewhere else, if you're literally trading with all of your Bitcoin, especially if you're trading on leverage, because it sounds like you're trading with 15x leverage. Again, this is not financial advice, but I think that is a massive mistake. If you are trading with 100% of the Bitcoin you have, huge, huge, huge mistake. It might seem like a good thing for right now if you're trading on 15, 20x leverage, and then all of a sudden, you know, you make, you know, $5,000 might seem like a good thing. Wait until you're on 15, 20x leverage, and then you the market drops 2% and you lose 40% of your trade. That's going to sting. So the way that I normally encourage people to set up their portfolios is have an investment portfolio. That should be at least half of your total allocation in cryptocurrency. If you've got a $500,000 total portfolio, investment, in my opinion, should be at least a quarter million, right? Then your trading can be the other half, ideally less than half, in my opinion. Again, this is just my opinion. This is the way that I do it, um, but you might find value in it. And then if you have, let's say, a quarter million dollars in your trading account or let's say $10,000 in your trading account, I would encourage you never to trade with more than a quarter of that trading portfolio at a time. So if you've got $10,000 in your trading account, let's say you've got $10,000 on Bybit or $10,000 on Coinbase or $10,000 on Binance, I would be careful about entering a trade with more than $2,500 of that because it's a good idea to not trade with all of your trading portfolio. So you're you got your total trading, you got your total crypto portfolio. Then over here, you got your investment. That's a certain percentage. Then over here, you've got your trading percentage. And then over here in the trading, you've got an even smaller percent that you're trading with. So you might only be trading with like two to 5% of your entire allocation in crypto, if not even less than that. That's the way that I would look at that because it's incredibly dangerous to over leverage yourself. And it's incredibly dangerous to use a massive amount of your portfolio in one trade. Mm. All right, we'll keep moving on. We got one from Oh, here we go. Be Supreme MC Awesome Quist. 
I don't know if that's his full name or if that's a added note from Shannon. I don't know. How would you play the rest of the bull run to reach a 10x on your portfolio as a new investor? Let's say if Bitcoin runs to 100,000. Well, the first thing I want to ask you is... I don't know. What is the first thing I want to ask you? The first thing I want to ask you is, one, how much experience do you have in crypto? Two, how much risk are you willing to take? And three, why do you want to make 10x? Why have you set that goal? Because the thing that I've run into when you when you try and set a goal, like I want a 10x or I want a 20x or I want a 50x or I want a 5x, is that you start cutting corners. And you might not do this, but this is something I've seen a lot of people do and that I've done myself. When you set a goal like that, you start cutting corners and you start saying, oh, well, I have got to make 10x. So I'm just going to hold this trade a little bit longer than I want to. Or I'm going to invest in this even though I'm not totally confident in it. I personally have never worked under the, or I've never intentionally worked under the methodology of, oh, I want to make this amount of money. I've worked under the methodology of, I want to be the best trader I can be. I want to be the best investor I can be. I want to reach mastery, and then the gains will come. So that's not really your question, but I did need to say that to preface. If you want to make a lot of money with Bitcoin doubling, then you're definitely going to need some smaller cap altcoins. You're going to need to find some gems that are going to have a moonshot potential if you want to make 10x. That being said, it is very difficult to predict which cryptocurrencies are going to 10 or 20x. Frankly, I think it's going to be very difficult for you unless you have a lot of luck to 10x when Bitcoin is only going to be going up, you know, 60-70%. Bitcoin would obviously have to 10x for you to 10x and Bitcoin I think that you've set your goal a little bit ambitious there, unless you were a highly experienced trader, in which case, uh, then you would probably already know how to do that. So I would just be careful around setting goals around that metric. It can lead you astray. And I've seen it happen to a lot of people. Yeah, I have a note from uh, our marketing director. He he says that we just had someone lose a, a lot of money. I'm not going to say how much to a scam. Uh, oh, no. I want to remind you guys especially if it's a crypto jeb scam. We do not give financial advice. We also do not reach out to people and ask them to give us money so we can invest for them. We're not an investing We're company. not a brokerage, yeah. We, just so you guys know, so you'll if you're ever confused on what does this company do, we don't even want to tell you guys what to think. That's why we don't do financial advice. Yeah. We are just wanting to help come every single day on YouTube, and then when if you purchase our course, CD2A, the whole purpose of it is not to tell you what to think, rather how to think, how to read charts, so you can make your own decisions. We don't want to make your decisions for you, and we do not want to take your money and invest it for you and make. Yeah. That's not even good. Like we want you to make your wise decisions. If you want an investor, go find a a professional who has years and years and years and years and years of experience and certifications, everything else. But don't go to some YouTuber or some influencer and get them to invest your money for you. So just so you know, if you're reached out to by anyone claiming to be crypto Jeb. Uh, that's not us. And, and by the way, this is where I completely agree that regulation needs to happen. If you're going to be trading for someone else, that requires a certain licenses. They're normally like a series license, like a series series 6, series 7, 60, series 67, whatever. The series licenses, the brokerages licenses. If you ever have somebody offer to trade for you, number one, just as a principle, in my opinion, just say no. You need to learn how to do that on your own because when you try and delegate that, you're going to get into trouble. But number two, if they're not with an established financial institution and they don't have a brokerage license, no. Like, heck no. First of all, what they're doing is a felony. Second of all, it's probably a scam. So you have to be very careful about that. For example, I don't have that license. I don't want that license because I don't want to trade for other people. If I was to trade for you, here's what would have to happen. I would have to have a license. I would have to be established. I would have to be a – normally you have to be with a company that actually backs that up. 
And then I would, if I didn't have all of that, I would be committing a felony and I could go to federal prison for like a decade for trading for you. That's how serious that's taken. Yeah. And frankly, that should be taken that seriously because of these kind of scams. It's happened a lot in the stock market over the years and it happens a lot in crypto. If anybody ever offers to trade for you, please don't fall for it, guys. Yeah, the, the it last, is a scam. The last comment he had here is, he, and I'm not 100% certain what happened, but he said, we also never post giveaways in the comments. Holy cow. G guys, if we're going to do a giveaway, first of all, we're not going to be doing a giveaway of like ridiculous sums of cash. We're going to do giveaways of like webinar seats and or CD2A spots. And we're also not going to post it in the comments. We're going to tell you live. It'll be in our description, which the only person that can affect that description is those of us here in the company. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, if there's anyone in chat that wonders when you see things like that in, in comment sections, uh, do not fall for it. Uh, that is not us. Yeah. With that being said, we do, we do have more Super Chats, but we'll get to those at the end of the show. Yep. We might need to run a little long today, just a little bit, um, but uh, we can go ahead and go to yeah. our third uh, so, segment. So, Tim, I got, like, this is going to be a short segment because I just have a yeah. couple of questions for you. The first thing I want to ask you is, where do you see us going in November? How do you think, and you can feel free to draw it on your chart, like what you think the trajectory is going to be. What do you think November is going to look like? Oh, man. Uh, don't go to my chart just yet, Smay. Let me look at that real quick, but in a short spree up, you know, we're going to go up uh, upwards of 70,000. I, I do think that when we hit 70,000, there'll be a small little retracement there too. I think that's that, that clean 70,000 is just kind of a psychological barrier for some people that they'll think, okay, it's 70 K. Let me take some profits. However, I, I think that we are continuing day in and day out to see the confirmation of an hundred thousand dollar Bitcoin by the end of the year come more and more and more true. I'm really looking forward to seeing what uh, Plan B says about the end of November because, again, he's been right for the last three months. So He, sa he says, just so you, that was my next question, he, his prediction for the end of November is 98000 or more. I can't argue with him. And the, the truth is the he's reason why— He's been perfectly right for the last three is, months. Is, is even like all the bullish momentum we've had recently, I still think there's suppression going on of what— I the agree. money that actually could come into Bitcoin totally agree. Uh, could do. Now, I will say due to that, it does make me a $98,000 prediction by the end of November. It, it does make me say, OK, I'm not saying alts won't go up at all, but it, it would be like, hey, for Bitcoin to make it to 98,000, I'm not even sitting here doing the math yet. That's a lot of money coming into Bitcoin. That means there's less money to go into altcoins unless we have just a boatload of new wallets pop up, which is a possibility, that could mean that some of that money is going to be bled from altcoins, which we're not even against. We've said on the channel all the time, take some profits from altcoins, get them into Bitcoin. Um, that's good. Hopefully it doesn't affect Ethereum and Cardano that much because I really love those ones as well. However, uh, I could see that for sure happening. I think to me, 98,000, man, it's hard because plan B has been so accurate. For me, I would be more comfortable saying somewhere around 80 to 85. Yeah. But, but like I said, there there is still a feeling of there's a lot of money not going in yet that will come in, and you just never know. You just never know what could blow up. I also don't think, even though I wasn't heavily involved in, in knowing what was happening, I don't think last December I would have predicted that we would have made it to 64000 that quickly like we did at the beginning of this year. So I'm very happy to be wrong. 98 seems a little too too much for me, but there's a lot of unknowns that could happen that make that happen. Yeah, it's really interesting because I'm looking at my screen right now and um, Bitcoin rallied from 20,000 to 40,000 in 20 days. So in theory, if Bitcoin doubled again, breaking its previous all-time high in 20 days, then Bitcoin in three weeks could be at... Um, 
or by the end of November, if it did what it did last year, it could be at $130,000 by the end of November. Do I think that's going to happen? Hell no, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, Plan B predicts an uh, $98,000 by the end of November. He predicted, hey, we'd be sitting at, I think he said, above $51,000 at the end of August or something, and uh, $40,000. I forgot exactly what his predictions were, but he predicted uh, the end of August, end of September perfectly. Like, it was on point. He said 43,000 at the end of October. We were like 43,400. So it was solid. I think that a $98,000 Bitcoin is coming this year. I don't think it's going to happen in November. I'm going to go out on a limb and disagree with him here. I agree with Tim, though. I think 80 to 85 is more likely. The case for that being true, though, would be things like Tesla getting back and not just Tesla saying, all right, you know, we'll accept Bitcoin. It's Tesla not just doing that, but also saying we're going to make large investments there as well. It's things like we've seen rumors of companies like, and I know they're working with them, but we've seen rumors of companies like Walmart, like uh, uh, Apple, like Google, flirting with the concept. If they dive in, which is a potential, that's when I would be like, oh, yeah, 90, yeah. 98K might be low. Though. I can agree with that. The thing is, is that somebody just mentioned, I have no idea how to pronounce your name, my friend. I'm sorry. Um, have that, fun. Yeah. No, do, that, go uh, for it. Do oh, it. you want me to go for it? Yeah, it's uh, part of the game. I lost it. Epi- Epinosa Young. Got it. Um, added 500 to $600 billion to market cap to go that high. You're absolutely right, and that's kind of the point I'm making. S- take that, Tim. Got it's it Espinoza. first. Espinoza. I said Espin. Nope, you you missed the S. No, I missed the S. I said Epinosa. It's Espinosa. Yeah. Ep- Espinosa Young. I know how to say Espinosa. I misread that. <laughs> that, that was my eyes tricking me, not my I'm mouth. I'm telling you, it's a hard job. Espinosa Young. You guys Young. give me such a hard time. I know? do give you a hard time, Tim. Well, I, <laughs> frankly, that's the discussion that I wanted to do. Let's go ahead and read some of these super chats. Then yeah. we have to make our price predictions. Then we have price predictions, yep. Uh, all right, so we have one from Crypto Alchemist, and I, I, I responded to him in chat, but I think giving your take on this would be good. He said, uh, I hate myself for even asking this, but can you do a 60 second look at Sheeb trying to find a sell point to relocate to Bitcoin and Ethereum? Sorry in advanced. Uh, (laughs) Just so you know, Jeb, my response to him was meme coins are really, really hard to give accurate chart information on. It doesn't fully look. Tell the I'll story. give you. You want a sixty second? I'll make it even better. I'll give you a six second. If you're up on Sheeb, sell that crap because it's hit all time high. It might go a little higher, but frankly. Take your profits and walk. Don't try and become a millionaire on cheap. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad for all you guys that made a bunch of money on it. I, you know, it could I, go. Fu- I, By the way, Altcoin Daily, I interviewed him. That That's going to be going up on Saturday. He had a great point. Uh, Austin and Aaron, I interviewed them both at the same time. They both said, "Hey, look, keep a moon back. Like if you got yeah. a if you got a hundred percent sheep, um, sell eighty percent of it, keep twenty percent of it. Yes. You know that again, not financial advice, just my opinion. But keep a moon bag because you never know; it might go to like a dollar or something, and you want to keep a little bit of it. But take your profits. Smay and I discussed that over the weekend. It, if you have some chump change over there, you keep just like, a moon you know, like bag. A that's completely fine, but do not put like your yeah. entire crypto portfolio there. Yeah, definitely keep a moon bag, guys. I've been keeping moon bags on little projects for a very, very long time. I remember I, yeah. I, I invested in something called Bitcoin Diamond a long time ago because I'm like, whoa, it's got such a small supply, it's gonna go up. It never did anything, but I had like ten bucks in it just in case it like thousand x and I made like a hundred grand. All right, here we go. We got one from Mitchell Murray saying, "Love you guys, Jeb. When does alt season start in the near term? Probably in." Uh, it's going to be a few months, in my opinion. And the reason is because I think Bitcoin's going to lead this bull market. And when it does it, um, Bitcoin historically gobbles up dominance. It's only saying at 45% dominance. I think it's going to grab a lot more of that dominance over the next couple of months. Yeah. Um, and then probably later on in the bull market, we'll see an altcoin season like we normally do. All right, we're going to have to, the rest of these 10 second responses. John Billcliff said, thoughts on Harmony One Bitcoin Bridge coming in November? Haven't heard of it. Uh, I've heard of it. Haven't done a lot of research on it, so it's hard for me to give an opinion. Okay. Uh, we got one from... 
Is that green? Eye green eye? Uh, that's a weird one. Uh, you guys heard of Obertech. It's VeChain's competitor. I have not. I have not. <laughs> nope. Uh, Kelly Kellum wanted to clarify with the story of uh, Gensler. It's only a FUD dip. All bullish fundamentals remain. Don't trip uh, by the Don't dip. Don't trip by the dip. He's absolutely right. Yep. Absolutely right. Uh, James Bowler commented even in, he said, uh, in response to his last one, yes, Smay was right. So good points for Smay. Shout out to I was worried about profit taking and not being able to buy back into Bitcoin or Ethereum because of supply shock and the greedy bankers buying up everything. So, yeah, he was right. I I responded to him in chat. So uh, pretty much if you're afraid of that, just don't sell and only just never sell. Just buy. Don't trip. Buy the bit. Uh, Liberty above all said, missed the show yesterday. Just got a chance to catch up. Also caught your video on the channel. Deletion and reflection of similar times for myself. Your faith and composure are inspiring. Thanks for everything, guys. Oh, Thank you so much, man. Thank you very much. Uh, I appreciate that. Hussein said, this unrealistic capital gains tax BS is crazy. <laughs> uh, that's fun. And then the last one I see here, and I'm scrolling to make sure I don't see anything else. Bob earlier donated $63 saying, Plan B said the month will close at 62000 I low-key am starting to feel like he's the market maker. This dude is like the aura. He's yeah. like the Oracle of Delphi, he, except it's the 21st century. He probably has a friendship with Dr. Strange or something. You know how famous Plan B is going to be like for the rest of time? Like, you, know, you know in 20 years it's going to be like BNN or like, you know, going to bring him on the, you know, the, the cable television or whatever it is in the future. And it's going to be like, yeah, this guy predicted Bitcoin perfectly 20 years ago. Now he says this about this crypto. I well, guarantee it's like, you uh, it's guy. like Michael Burry or whatever. The guy did the called the marking, the market, cra- the yeah. housing crash. Yeah. In 2008. He's going to be that. He's going to be that guy. He's gonna be yeah, that you guy. know what's funny though? I was doing research on him and how many other things he's called. He's going to get a book deal. So it's like, uh, I, what, <laughs> what, plan B? No, no, not plan B. The, the guy, guy Michael the Burry. Michael, Michael Burry. Burry. He's called a lot of things that never came to be well i'm yeah. not you know he's smarter than me for sure you know but uh you can't just say well he called that one so he calls everything else correct guys i have something to admit well hold on we have one more super chat I, can i admit this real quick okay <laughs> i'm plan Good. b oh your sure. plan b mm-hmm. oh that explains yep. it that sure. explains it he's yep. in our office so he can see us charting and saying yep. hey look okay we want bitcoin at sixty-three thousand by the end of october we want it at ninety-eight thousand because secretly we're the market makers That's i'm also a whale so anyways tim you can all right uh, last one from matt c he wanted to donate 50 bucks saying have a nice lunch guys thank you for everything thank you matt Love c you. so with that being said i know we you know we're oh, and yard dog donate five bucks and left no message thanks to him yep 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 now we have our predictions which i have mine written down i, I don't know if either one of you guys have yours written down so we might have to have a good old level of integrity here because uh, has either one of you actually thought through what your prediction is uh, no nope <laughs> Oh, that's that's uh, that's rough, guys. I think I should automatically win for just. Being no, prepared. I actually, I know I have prepared. I actually already have my prediction. Well, you said you hadn't put any thought. No, but I had my prediction from two weeks, like from a week ago. I said in two weeks. So okay. So what's your prediction? Now my prediction. Go for it. Seventy thousand dollars. Okay. Sweet. You think it's gonna be seventy in boom three days? Boom. Okay. I like I like it, man. I like the aggressive. That's aggressive. Aggressive that's, approach. That's aggressive. What you got, Jeb? I think it's gonna be sitting at. I said sixty-three thousand last week. I was pretty close. I'm gonna say sixty-three thousand again. Nice, nice, sixty-three thousand. I like my window because I said sixty-four thousand. Ooh, I like being on the bottom of this one. I like being the lowest prediction. That is exactly where I want that's to be. Good. No, and, and that's the thing is, like, even looking at the charts, I think that I would not be surprised to see us close this daily chart below sixty-two thousand. I think we might still stay above it, but I wouldn't be surprised. It's just we got what three, three days, four days, four days to get this. That's eh, three, I guess, because we're talking about the beginning of Friday. 
I I think I like 64. I like 62 too. The truth is I would flirted with 637 and I was like, ah, no, let's get a little aggressive. And then Smay said, no, I'm going to go crazy and go 70K. <laughs> then again, he is he is plan B, so maybe he's right. You know? There you go. Yard Dog just donated 50 bucks. Thank you very much, Yard Dog. That's Rick4962. That's his name, Yard Dog, up in Knoxville, Tennessee. If anybody ever needs any uh, landscaping up there, here's a free ad placement for you, my friend. <laughs> Guys, if you enjoyed today's stream, hit that like button. And if you haven't already, consider subscribing. And by the way, you saw a lot of technical analysis today with Lux Algo. You've seen right here why we recommend this indicator. We would not be recommending an indicator that we don't use it's phenomenal make sure to check the link down below sign up for it get uh get it with coupon code jeb j-e-b-b for 20 percent off at checkout it is going to be worth every single penny you guys are going to love it we've had a ton of people sign up for it they're really enjoying it it is part of my ta every single day it's part of tim's it's part of kelly's it's part mm -hmm. of t-shrooms it's part of our entire team we look at it every single day so make sure to check it out links down below guys that's all i got for you today got more content coming up for the rest of the day before i go i do just first want to thank each and every single last one of you for watching as always and i will see you guys in the next video peace oh i got a real good enjoyed listening to the Coffee and Crypto Podcast. Tune in every day at 9.30 a.m. Eastern to watch live on YouTube. Follow us on our social media accounts at CryptoJeff. And lastly, we want to thank you for supporting us here at McAfee Media.